You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 26 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week is a very exciting episode because it marks three years of our podcast. It's our three-year anniversary. So in order to celebrate that, this week we're going to be doing some different giveaways and special announcements over on Instagram. So be sure you're following us at Collected Ministries and check over there. We'll be doing some things just to thank our listeners for sticking with us through three years um, and just to celebrate all that God has done. So be sure to check us out. Again, it's at Collected Ministries on Instagram. And um, yeah, without further ado, let's head into this week's episode. Um, This week, I am interviewing Katie Newberg, who is a photographer and blogger and also a friend of mine from from childhood. Our families grew up together. And so I'm just so excited to hear more of her story and dig into the work that God is doing in her life. So Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. To get started, I was wondering if you could just share with our listeners who you are, what you do, how you came to know the Lord, and um, just a little bit about the journey He's had you on. Yeah, sounds good. I will try to summarize a little bit, and then we can dive in past that. Yeah. Um, so I'm Katie. I'm from West Michigan. I live in Grand Rapids. And um, with my husband, we've been married for a couple years now. And then we are also expecting our first baby, a little girl, in January. Yay. So very excited for the things on the horizon. Um, I'm currently a full-time wedding photographer, and I've been doing that for about a little over eight years. Um, I run a team of gals who shoot weddings with me, um, and I'm thankful to work with family and people I love. Um, And then I also do some blogging as well and have done that just alongside the business since the beginning. So share fashion and lifestyle and kind of whatever I'm currently learning about at the time. Um, so I, like I said, I live in Grand Rapids, was raised by a wonderful family that pointed me to the Lord from just a really early age. Um, I have really wonderful parents who I'm very fortunate to have been influenced by, and then three older sisters that I look to for constant knowledge and wisdom and insight. Um, and faith was just a really big part of our life from the get-go. Um, so it, it it doesn't really seem like something to me that I can mark a point in time where this was the before and after, but rather just a really beautiful walk with the Lord that started at an early age and has continued to grow. And um, as life has changed and things have come up and gone and um, with each new season, he's brought a different level of relationship with him and just faithfulness, um, seeing his faithfulness displayed in my life. Mm. Yeah. What are some examples of that like what is there a time where God has just blown you away with his faithfulness pretty much constantly (laughs) um so kind of I would say the biggest transform or biggest marker in my life has all kind of always oriented around my health. So I was born with a really rare condition where basically I don't absorb anything I eat orally. So my stomach is, we kind of describe it as like my stomach and all my intestines being paralyzed. So 
I do eat just for fun, for, for kicks and giggles, <laughs> um, and because food is delicious, but it does not provide any nutritional value. Um, and that was from birth on. So when I was about, um, when I was an infant, I was continually hospitalized until we kind of figured out a plan. Um, and at 18 months old, I was given two feeding tubes and I, I have since gotten all of my nutrition directly through those feeding tubes. So one goes straight into my bloodstream and that's where um, I get my, my nutrition. So every night I get hooked up for, you know, 10 hours to all of my fat, calories, sugar, nutrients, just like an IV at the hospital, but, you know, totally managed from home. Um, so with that, the day-to-day we have kind of have always had here's the plan. <laughs> we, we know how to manage it. We know how to get nutrition in my body. Um, but with it being just such a rare condition, there's not really a name for it. Most doctors I meet haven't really encountered it before. There are only a couple um, researchers, researchers on it in the country. Um, there's just a lot of unknowns and unexpecteds day in and day out. Um, so starting from childhood, the biggest risk was always infection in the feeding tube. So anytime an infection built up, it would be a hospitalization, one to two surgeries to replace the, the feeding tube, the Roviac um, central line is what it is. Um, it, op- it offers really similarly to a port. So it's kind of like that, um, but a little bit more permanent. So we would have one to two surgeries. A hospital stay in the meantime, I could potentially get really sick, lean near septic, or it would be smooth and everyone looked a little bit differently. Um, day in and day out, I deal with and previously dealt with even more nausea, fatigue, um, just low nutrient levels because not everything can be put through a feeding tube. Some is just you know, you need it from food. And if you can't get it from food, you just are depleted in it. Um, So always kind of dealt with, I I would describe it as like the perpetual stomach flu, just never really feeling 100% and, and having to learn, well, not learn. I mean, it was what I had always known. This is what life feels like day in and day out. So Um, school was a huge struggle, just staying on top of schoolwork. Thank goodness. Once you turn like 18, it's optional. (laughs) And then we can leave that behind us and move forward. Um, but just day to day management of symptoms kind of consumed my life. I would say it consumed my parents' life and a really large part of my sister's life too. It just always was there. Um, and then, you know, you get one bad infection and your whole life can turn around in an instant. So we would have times where that would lead to some sort of organ failure. Or um, at one point I was in a coma for a month and a half um, because the infection was so strong and uh, had some complications with the surgery. My lungs collapsed. I was on a trach, a ventilator, the whole deal. Um, So just, I mean, that's a a lot in summary. Um, But bringing yourself, I guess, facing daily, I don't have the basic, the basic needs met. I don't have what I need to function normally. Um, and the things that you assume you should just have, you, you should be entitled to your body doing what it's supposed to do. And I think a lot of people relate to that, regardless of the severity of what maybe their body is going through. Um, but waking up every day with already a lack and just saying, I don't have what I need to get out of bed, to go to school, which everyone else my age is doing every day, or worrying about the fear of the future of how am I going to provide for myself? How am I ever going to have a family if 
if my family's life is consumed by taking care of me, how would I ever move on to take care of someone else? Um, it starts you at a pretty low point. <laughs> and so from there, you either have the option to stay there. And quite frankly, that's suffocating. Or you can look to something outside of yourself and say, Lord, you have every resource that I need. And I might not understand why you've not given it to me today, but you can supply me according to your glorious riches with exactly what I do actually need. Not necessarily what I would like to receive. I want a lot more, but Lord, you can provide, you know exactly what I actually need to handle today. And you are happy and willing and able and quick to provide that for me. Um, Quite frankly, I think there are situations in life where you can choose to trust the Lord or you can choose to, to not. And there are other situations in life where you say, if I don't choose to trust the Lord, this will swallow me. If I try to figure this out myself, it's not going to end well. And that, that quickly eliminates itself from being an option. Um, and so, like I said, I don't take for granted that my family always had that influence on me, that there is somewhere to look for this. Um, but I don't think I ever felt like I even had the option to turn elsewhere because he was all I had and he was so good and so kind. Um, through that, yeah. looking back to the question of his faithfulness, it was so undeniable throughout all my life that even when things would get worse or get better temporarily and then get worse again or be day after day of just hard, his goodness was also so present in a way that you can't explain except if it's him. <laughs> so um, I would say like having really healthy relationships with my family, experiencing true joy in a way that like you you can actually be really happy and feel really joyful even when things are really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we've all experienced that in some way. I mean, some of my favorite memories are like dance parties in a hospital room with my sisters that like the memory is not associated to being in the hospital. It's just about being with them or, or a funny story that happened or, or something like that. And when I look back and think, I don't think about the pain that I was going through at the time. You only see the goodness. And so that has to be of something outside of myself. That has to be the Lord's faithfulness. Um, so it's there in the small ways. And then it's also been there in really mighty miraculous ways. So when they said, you know, I probably wouldn't live to age three. And then I did. And then they said, I probably wouldn't live to age 12. And then I did. And then I was in a coma and we thought this is it. And it wasn't. <laughs> And then I got to high school and my marker was just, if I can stink and get through graduation, life is going to get a lot easier thinking now, if life looks like I just am on the couch and, and that's okay. Cause I don't have other expectations on me. Um, instead, the Lord traded that for a immense dose of healing um, to the point where we were able to reduce the nutrition that I was getting through my feeding tube because I was absorbing for the first time with no answers, no doctor. I mean, I have a doctor at U of M who's like, so wait, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. I'm just literally praying. <laughs> I have no other answers here. Um, and the Lord just taking away things that seem minor, but really add up to the quality of life. So um, my feeding tube, one of my feeding tubes was in the wrong position. And we finally met a doctor who pointed that out. Well, 
that had been causing pain for years. And I didn't realize I had another option. And turns out he relocates it in one surgery and immediately the pain goes away. And that changes day to day like crazy. Um, And then we, you know, get set up with a hematologist who says, why don't you get an iron infusion every six months? And suddenly my anxiety lessens and my sleep improves and I feel so much more energetic. So he is working in all of those things and in in 1% improvements all the time that truly the life I'm living is shockingly different than the life I grew up with. Um, To the point where now, fast forward, you know, he he provides a business that I can run working from home and I only need to feel good one day a week on Saturdays and go shoot. And that I know how to power through and, and do what I need to do. Um, so he, he relieved my fear of, will I ever be able to care for myself or care for, for another? Um, and then come pregnancy, which was a total question mark and a total, Lord, we're just going to put this one in your hands and we have to be really really open-handed about what it looks like. Um, and instead of, I, I found out I was pregnant and was like, here comes nine months of bed rest. And this is going to be really challenging. Um, and we were ready for that. And instead my GI symptoms got better when I got pregnant and my liver improved. And th- I mean, literally things that have no answer, except that there is a mighty miracle worker working on my behalf. Um, And so I truly feel like every day, I feel like he took me so low and I, and my life always felt so low. And then now I feel like every day I'm walking around like in awe of like, what is this life I'm living? This is so different than what I ever could have imagined. And so, I mean, his faithfulness is no joke. And, and, What's so beautiful about the Lord is that even if all of those improvements hadn't happened, it would still be true because I have experienced it in the depths too. Mm -hmm. So to, to have him so near and so kind and so good in the pain, I feel like only amplifies when it's good because you aren't just hinging it all on like, well, he made me better. So now I can trust him. You're like, no, he got me through the worst of it. And so I know anything he has from this point on, whether it's getting better or whether it's getting worse, he is the truly the only thing I need because I can't provide what I need for myself, but he knows what I need and he has it for me. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Man, Katie, you just brought it. That was <laughs> I'm, like, I'm all teary-eyed over here. What would you say to the person out there who feels like they're in the depths of it. They're in, it. in yeah. they're in it and you know their situation looks different than yours but they feel just the weight of pain right yeah. now. Yeah. Do you have an encouragement for them? Yeah. So I would say no yeah, no matter what the pain you're going through looks like at the time, that is such a heavy burden to bear and it can feel totally crushing. And so again, you're back to that point of like, I can choose to trust the Lord. And that's scary because I don't know what that outcome will be or what I I don't trust anything. I trust myself. I look to self-soothe. I, if you allow yourself to sit in there for too long and, and you can't choose that, you can't choose how long you're there. But emotionally, if you don't take that need somewhere, 
it will suffocate you. Mm. Um, I think the biggest or one of the biggest turning points came for me um, in realizing that the Lord's heart, Christ's heart is hurting for me, hurting. Mm. So he is not in heaven seated on his throne saying, well, this is Katie's lap. So she needs to figure it out. Christ is near to the brokenhearted and cares for those who are Christian spirit. Jesus felt our pain. Um, I was reading literally just yesterday, the passage of, we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with us, but he has, he has felt our pain and he feels it more deeply than us because he knows what true healing looks like. He knows what our life was supposed to look like before sin. And so I can imagine a good scenario. He knows what the truth was, what he, what would have been had sin not entered. Um, and so his heart breaks even more deeply than ours ever could over us going through pain. Um, and so changing him from this distant, you know, distant God on a hill to a near and personal friend whose heart truly breaks for me. Um, that changes everything, I think because you are able to see his heart is of kindness and um, he's gentle and he wants to soothe you. He does not want you to figure it out on your own. And so then in turn, a huge turning point for me was when I started telling him I was mad about it. (laughs) I think I felt, um, you know, my, my faith was part of my life for my entire life. And so you do have preconceived notions and things that you have in your head of, at least I did a good Christian takes the, takes what I'm given and says, okay, thank you, Lord. This is my lot, you know? Um, and that, that's not actually in scripture, (laughs) believe it or not. He doesn't say you have to be happy about your pain. Um, he says we can rejoice in our pain, but he is not up there expecting us to just take it with a grin and bear it attitude. Um, and scripture is full of lamenting and people turning to the Lord and saying, this is not okay. And this is wrong. And I don't want this. And he says, you're right. I don't want it for you either. This is wrong. This isn't how it's supposed to be. This is broken. Now come into my arms and let me hold you and comfort you because I'm just as hurt over it as you are. Um, so I think, I love kind of the structure that David lays out in the Psalms of that he continually laments and then will say, but God. Mm-hmm. Um, so he starts by just getting it off his chest. And I think that is huge. And so the number of years that I would internalize how upset I was about the pain I was going through and then try and code it, it, it doesn't work with God is good. God is good. It doesn't work. And anyone who's walked through something hard and then had people be like, God is good. You're like, yeah, it doesn't feel that way right now. Um, but changing that and instead starting every day saying truly, I mean, I would literally start every day saying like, Lord, this hurts bad. And I don't want this today. And I'm sick of throwing up and I'm sick of feeling this way. And I'm sick of missing school. And I'm sick of explaining to people why I'm not present. And I'm sick of, you know, feeling, feeling isolated because no one understands. And I'm sick of not having answers and truly putting voice to every pain you're feeling, the big ones and the small ones, believing that he bends his ear to listen, believing that his heart is for you and it's broken for you. And that's why he came is because his heart was broken for you, stuck in a sinful world. And then saying, 
it's all out. (laughs) I've gotten it all out. And now I just need to receive what you have for me. And truly it is in those moments where we are totally empty, where he will fill you with his grace and his kindness. And I mean, at one point in prayer, he gave me just this image of me being a child and sitting on his lap and him just hugging me. And I hadn't, I mean, I go to that all the time in my mind. I had no idea the comfort of just imagining. I mean, literally you can close your eyes and picture it with me. You're sitting on his lap and you're so small and he's so big and you're just in his arms and he wants to just pour out his love on you and comfort you just like you would your own child. Um, And he wants to sit and lament with you and grieve with you just like you would your close friend who you are brokenhearted for. Um, He's not distant and, and he wants you to come and he doesn't want you to clean yourself up first. He wants to do that part for you. Um, So yeah, I think that kind of the two part of understanding that his heart is broken for my suffering. Um, He's not, he's not watching from afar. His heart grieves what I'm going through too. Mm -hmm. And then knowing he is the safest place that I can take my sorrow to. And I don't have to hide it from him. He knows already. And so I'd rather be real honest with him and then he can say, all right, well then let's be real honest about what you need um, because he knows better than I do. Yeah. Oh, amen. <laughs> like I just keep saying that, but everything you're saying is just, it's, it's hitting me um, and it's so powerful and it's so true. And I believe that it's what people out there need to hear. And, Mm. you know, you mentioned being in a place of isolation. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people have felt that recently and are walking through that. Um, So, you know, when you said that word, I was just like, yes, Mm -hmm. somebody out there is feeling that. Yeah. Um, So you kind of already have touched on this a little bit, but I want to dig a little deeper into just what are some of your favorite characteristics of God? I think that's, I mean, that's such a hard question of like how to pick. Um, I think that, so I'll say a couple that I've been really thinking about recently. Yeah. Um, one, I, well, I would say this is one is that there's always a new characteristic to discover. So just when I think I love this thing about the Lord, he's like, let's find a new one. It's like a treasure hunt. And truly that continues our entire life. And we have such small minds that we aren't even going to grasp a percentage of what he actually is when we meet him face to face one day. Um, and how amazing. So I think just knowing there's always more to discover about him. Um, but also that every character trait is in line with all the other character traits. So he is not powerful without also being good. And he is not just without also being merciful. So anytime we face something, I think this especially comes into play when like studying the Old Testament or things that can be confusing. And we say like, you know, I don't get the sacrifice thing. You're like, well, he also is good and he's also wise. So this has to be the right way and the best way. And sometimes then he does reveal the answers to that of, you know, the Holy Spirit is also our teacher and says he'll reveal to us, you know, the things he's spoken. And so sometimes he does give you the clarity of understanding what all of those things are in place for. But 
Other times you can say, I know that you're powerful, but I also know that you're good. So if you're not exercising that power right now, it must be because where I'm at is for the best right now for your, for your glory and my good. Um, so I think that's something that I think about a lot is how he cannot contradict himself. So any trait that is beautiful about him is in line with all of the other traits and any trait that is currently confusing to me about him. I know I can trust because it has to be in line with everything else his word teaches about him. Um, and then I also just think I've really been blown away by how near and how personal he is. Um, I think I always thought of him more as distant and large and sovereign. And those are amazing traits of him because when I know I can't fix myself, how wonderful it is to know that I can turn to him who he is sovereign and over the whole thing with more power and control over it than I could ever even imagine or grasp at myself. But then also to say like, but he's also funny and knows my sense of humor. And he also is personal, like knowing that I have always loved bunnies. And then a week, the week I found out I'm pregnant, a bunny, I watch a bunny give birth in my front yard. And I'm like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like, you know, things that you're like, that, what, anything that we just say, like, this is ironic. I don't know that it is. Um, Or just the times that you experience something so beautiful and you're like, other people might not find this as beautiful as I do. Like he is so personal and um, he also just cares. So if you are lacking direction or you have a question that you don't know the answer to, you can say like, will you tell me what to do here? Will you show me what the right next step is? And will you coat that in peace? So I know that it's you. Um, He's not distant. He doesn't just want your orderly, tidy prayers and structure. He also wants you to be like, you know, I'm on a podcast today and I don't really know what I'm supposed to say here. So can you fill in some gaps for me? <laughs> you know, he wa- he wants to be intimately involved in your life. Um, so yeah, I think I would say those are a couple of things I think about. Yeah. I remember one of my friends was telling me a story once where she was going on a trip and she had forgot her hair dryer and like part of the trip was for some gal. I don't know. She was going to some yeah. fancy event and she just <laughs> so really, you need a hair dryer. She really was worried about her hair and she was going to pray about it. And she was like, that's stupid. Like it's just a hair dryer, but she ended up praying about it and she gets to the hotel and they have her exact hair dryer <laughs> in the hotel room. And oh. she just was so deeply moved by like, God even cares about my hair. Like, yes. And sometimes we just need that reminder that he does care and he sees us and nothing is too silly for us to go to him. Like, yes, he's going to make sure we have a good hair day for the gala. (laughs) (laughs) He cares about that too. He cares about it. I would actually say I have like a couple examples of things that I've been like, Lord, I know this is really superficial and probably not like at all in line with your like vision for eternity, but you know, this thing happened or whatever. And he's brought like a hilariously spot on <laughs> answer or solution to, yes. you know, and, and I, I think, think all those things are faith building and they build the habit of taking everything to him. Exactly. Exactly. And he just 
Sometimes like I have this book called God Winks and it's just little stories like that where oh, like fun. recognize God and we can miss yeah. him so easily. Like she could yeah. have shown up and seen the hair dryer and not even made the connection. You know, yes. like yes. when we look for it, we see all these little ways that God is showing up. Just yeah. Giving us a little wink. A little wink. A little wink on our Sorry. Right. If you're watching the video of this, you just saw me winking. awkwardly trying. <laughs> uh, but I love that. So kind of headed in a slightly different direction. But yeah. I want to talk to you briefly or long-windedly about the Enneagram. Oh. Um, what number? Then that's going to be long-winded. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh. What, okay, what what's you your say, number? What type do you identify with? I'm a three, and I'm honestly not even sure I have a wing. I just feel really three. Strong three. <laughs> so how has God used that? Like since discovering the Enneagram and starting to do some of that work, how mm-hmm. has God used that to transform you and kind of teach you more about who you are in Him? Yeah, I would say like hugely. Um, like sent me to counseling hugely. <laughs> um, so I, I think that, Honestly, a lot of the taking the pain to him, taking the brokenness and facing that head on was really attached to my number. And this, I had a very black and white, this is who I am, this is what I do. And him saying like, how about we be a little bit more flexible than that? And how about I point out some things about you that you might not like? Mm. Um, I feel like studying the Enneagram is like a big old dose of humble pie, like just really makes you aware of things that you might naturally be blinded to. So I'm a three, um, which is very, if you're not familiar with the Enneagram one, you should get familiar with the Enneagram. (laughs) Um, But I read The Road Back to You, which is a great starting point. I don't know if you've read that, Jess, but it's Mm -hmm. a great like overview. Yeah. Yeah. Of, um, of where to start. And I, I literally read it and thought like, they are reading my mail. Like they're going through my journals of fourth grade and like all the way back. Um, I think one, it really made me realize, I mean, if I can just be totally honest, like how arrogant I was mm-hmm. of when someone else was doing something that irritated me, it was automatically their fault. <laughs> and I felt like this was a really big eye opener of like, no, maybe I'm wrong or maybe we're just different. Maybe that's not a right and wrong thing. Maybe we just function differently. And so it gave me a huge appreciation for the people around me of having eyes to see another perspective, but my own. Um, And then I also just really realized how much I measured my personal worth and value on what others, not even what others thought of me, but if, if others were seeing me as successful. So if I had mastered it, if I was respected, if even if I wasn't, (laughs) this is where it's bizarre to be a three. It's not even that I want to be liked. (laughs) It's just that I want them to think I'm doing a good job um, and I want to feel like I'm doing a good job. I will honestly trample on anything to make that happen. Um, And so it really took a very big step back of assessing how I handle work um, and being like, <laughs> I remember my mom got into the Enneagram first and I like took a test online, which she was like, don't do it. Read the book. Don't just take a test. <laughs> I was like, well, I already did. Um, and I said, well, I think I just tested as a three because I run a business. And she was like, no, you run a business because you're a three. <laughs> that it was the chicken or the egg thing. Um, so one, it really, 
it made me reevaluate how much worth I was putting in my work. And I would say that's really changed over the last um, few years. I would actually say most dramatically over the last two years. Um, but then it also really gave me a perspective of how detached I was from my own pain and from my own sorrow. So thinking back to how I said a really big pivot came when I started taking my pain to the Lord and like, literally voicing it to him. Um, that came as a result of studying the Enneagram yeah. um, because I realized how much my desire was to have it together um, and be, success- be successful even if I was suffering or be a model citizen of what a suffering Christian looks like. Um, and that had translated not just from the people around me watching me, but also to Lord, I'll come to you nice and tidy and show you how good I am and prove to you, um, you know, that I can handle it. And he was like, I don't think I ever asked you to do that. I want you to come to me for your needs. I don't want you to try and meet them yourself. Um, So that was a really big transformation point for me of realizing I can come to God for love. I, I need him to love me. And I need to feel his love. I don't need to come taken care of and then say like, here's what I can offer you. <laughs> I will be your dutiful servant and lead all these people to you. It, it took me down to wait, maybe I'm the one who needs you. I am the one that's broken. I am the one that's in a lot of pain that I've ignored for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and I can't even think about impressing anyone else until you fill me, not that once I'm filled, I should go think about impressing other people, but, but I have to start at empty with you and let you be what fills me because me looking around and searching for meaning and value and success and validation in places, um, I think with not getting that having that element of control over my body, I turned a lot to like, well, what else can I impress people with? What else can I have value in? What can I um, perform at to make up for this major? If I can, if I can distract you with this new thing I'm good at, maybe you won't notice how broken I am. um, And that I actually have no control over anything in my life. Um, And he, he just kind of took me back and was like, whoa, 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 whoa you're deep down a path here that will not actually lead to you feeling satisfied. Mm -hmm. We need to back up and start with your emptiness and your lack and your need. And let me supply that. And then from there, you can find joy in creating. You can find joy in working hard. You can, you can do the things. It's not taking away my work ethic. It's not taking away my my desire to be successful, it's channeling it to something that's healthy and beautiful and whole um, and not seeing it as the enemy, but also knowing it has to start in the Lord's hands because if I'm left to control it, it's going to go somewhere bad. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is so true. And I'm I'm a two that has kind of the one and three wings. Okay. Um, so I, I feel a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so... We are almost out of time. Yeah. One final question. And I just want to leave it open to you for what did I miss? Is like Holy Spirit laying anything yeah. on you for our listeners? Or do you have a, a final word or just anything that is on your heart that you'd like to share? Hmm. 
I think if I could say like one thing that has been like the anchor point in keeping me connected to the Lord. So if we've established that I'm pretty desperate (laughs) as I think we all are, and we have to stay connected to him, I would say like, it is the cliche, like you've heard it in Sunday school thing your whole life, but truly setting aside time to be with him every day is like, there's a reason everyone says it um, and we don't have to call it a devo and we don't have to call it a quiet time or whatever, but truly prioritizing, I would say not only being in his presence, but really prioritizing scripture in your life. Um, if we look to the fact that like, I, I really often try and think anytime I'm getting distracted or lost or not feeling unmotivated to just stick with it. I think one, truly the creator of the universe, the creator of myself, who knows me better than I know myself, literally gave me a book of everything he had to say. And like, I pick up my phone or I pick up Netflix or whatever. Um, So it it all sounds, yes, you've heard it a thousand times before. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. And it's not legalistic. It's a get to, not a have to. We get the joy of being in his word. And I truly believe what the word says when it says it will not return void and that it is living and active. Um, And I think we live in a culture that seeks instant gratification and let me get a little mood boost right now. And so if I don't read in the first two verses, something that perks me up and cheers me up and gives me what I need today, then I'm probably not going to read it again tomorrow. Or we turn to devotionals or books or um, Christian literature that maybe reference some scripture, but aren't the word. Those are amazing. Read those before bed. Read those in your free time. (laughs) I've learned so much from that. And you can't, I mean, that is such a helpful tool to study and learn and develop and grow. But that doesn't replace being in the word of God, which does have his breath and his spirit alive within it. Um, And if you feel lost, ask him for direction. If you feel like you don't know where to start or you're like, I don't get how the Old Testament matters. Be like, Lord, will you show me? Will you give me eyes to see? Or if you have a question, what does this exact passage mean? Ask him. Um, you might not get the answer on the spot, but you might over time, you probably will over time. Um, his word was designed for us. He knows our hearts. He knows what we need. Um, and I just think, I think that there's a lot we take for granted just in scripture. Also side plug for Bible study fellowship. If you're not in a group, uh, <laughs> it's a great place to start. <laughs> you can Google it and, and learn about it. I'll put a link in the show notes yeah. to BSF. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's that. amazing. I love it's also that. been a huge part of my life. Yes. Oh, my mom who's listening is cheering. You know, when, yes, she was when my she, teaching leader she for years. <laughs> yes, Aww. she's amazing. She's uh, so sweet. Oh, well, I yeah, so that, get, a, get around other people studying the yes. word if you have questions, but, but don't let it deter you if it feels confusing or overwhelming. And I would, I would really encourage you not to just look for that daily mood boost, but, but try and study it, learn it um, because that's where his character is revealed. And that's where we learn those things that carry us through the harder times. Yes. And that is the perfect note to end on. (laughs) Oh, Katie, Uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. 
What an amazing interview with Katie. I could not think of a better way to wrap up season three um, than with that kind of power-packed goodness and truth. Um, Just the reminder that God is so good and faithful, and He's so big and infinite, but He cares about all the small things in our lives. And He sees us, and He never leaves us, no matter what pain and suffering we're walking through. He is both powerful and good and just and merciful. And He is all the things Katie mentioned and so many more that we can't even fathom. Um, And I just... I just love him for it. Um, so I hope you are experiencing some of that this week, some of that goodness and provision, um, no matter what you're walking through. I pray that you can see him in the midst of it, even if it's just in very small ways. Um, and I pray that you see reminders of his presence, that you are not forgotten, and that he loves you so tremendously um, that we can't even comprehend it or fathom it. So I pray those things for you this week. And please remember to check out our Instagram because I'm going to be posting some giveaways there, different. I have some books of um, authors we've had on the show and just some of my favorite things that I'd like to give away to our listeners over the next couple of weeks. So be sure to check in there and um, we will see you in two weeks for the start of season four. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. You can also find Jess at Just Beyondo. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit collectedministries.org slash donate. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.